It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Florida Gators 2024 recruiting class ranking going up, up, up. We're going to talk about it here with John Garcia on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is John Garcia, Locked On's recruiting insider. And before we get into it, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And John, finally moving on to 2024. Um, we're going to kind of talk about 2023, but mostly 2024 here. And we're starting off with, obviously, the, the crown jewel of this 2024 class already. And he has been for over two months now, DJ Lagway. He seems locked in. Like, like, we see him on Twitter and Instagram, like, actively promoting kids that are actively, uh, we'll say promoting, endorsing kids that he wants to come to Gainesville. And as Florida Gators fans know, anything can happen when you have a quarterback committed. Okay, why, why wouldn't it? Um, sure. And DJ Lagway specifically has been posting offers that he gets. We know that there's Kentucky and TCU and, and all this stuff, but how does Florida keep him out, outside of, you know, an NIL deal falling through? Because we're, we're, that's completely external here. <laughs> but just in terms of actually keeping him committed and locked in, how do you do that when you got him to commit so early? You just got to keep recruiting them. It's the same thing we see with these current rosters, right? You've got to recruit your own guys just as much as you're recruiting the guys who are still TBD in terms of where they're going to play their ball next season. Uh, so when it's your quarterback, that relationship has to be among the most consistent, if not far and away, the most consistent between coaching staff and recruit. And, and I think what's unique about this one is, like you said, it's the timing, right? DJ was on board very early. I mean, going back really to even last offseason, we heard buzz about DJ Lagway. Uh, so this is not something that happened overnight. Florida was not the surprise pick of his recruitment. Uh, so this is something that goes back well before that December 7th verbal commitment date. So I do think there's a lot of stock you should put into that. Um, and look, he's recruiting like crazy for Florida. So you know that means there is – already a consistent level of communication because it's not DJ Lagway scouring Twitter trying to find out who Florida just offered a scholarship to. You know his information is coming from Billy Napier. It's coming from the coaching staff. So now he can kind of go and redirect and target some of the priority guys, the guys highest on the board. And he's doing that both publicly, as, as you mentioned, on social media and privately. Like I talked to Kylan Fox, the, the Grayson tight end over the weekend, and he's like, yeah, man, I mean, one of the appeals of Florida is DJ Lagway. You know, I, I, can, I see him spin it. He's a hard worker. He's the kind of quarterback I want to align with. And he's a tight end recruit. So naturally that makes sense. So I think everything optically is looking very good here. He is, he is a guy who obviously understands, especially after the Rashada fallout, that it's not going to be quite the same at Florida. So 
I would imagine all of that due diligence either is being done right now from his camp or it's already been done. Uh, and that goes both ways. I think Florida's like, hey, quarterback's been funky for us in recruiting lately. We need you to be sure. And maybe that's the reason why the buzz was was maintained for so long between Lagway and Florida, even as other schools jumped in uh, from a scholarship or a pursuit perspective. Um, so maybe that was already had and that's already behind us. So you just understand that this this one's got to be careful from from both sides. And I do think at this point it's been about as ideal as any Gator fan could have hoped for because Lagway, again, publicly is just as locked in and just as vocal about the Florida brand and, and the class he wants to build uh, as he is privately, as we hear from other recruits. And, and DJ said it. I think when he committed, he's like, hey, I'm committing now because I want to build the number one class. That was that's his goal. That's not something, you know, doesn't sound like Billy Napier, right? I mean, that's a DJ Lagway kind of thing. Because Billy's like, yeah, we don't care about what you guys think of our class. We care about what we think. But DJ's like, no, number one class on one of these websites. That's what I want. So all of those optics are strong for Florida. And I don't really see any reason to think otherwise, even though, yeah, other schools are recruiting him. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Top five player, maybe the best dual threat QB in the entire class. He's going to continue to get recruited, uh, especially as these other staffs come together, like TCU with Kendall Bryles as the new OC. Yeah, that scholarship offer came in. Big, big shocker. He's a kid from Texas. He's from Dallas, so or from Willis, which is near Dallas. So I mean, look, it's it's kind of chalk at this point, um, and it's it's come up from DJ's perspective again about as well as you could have hoped for. Yeah, and just because I I want to play this hypothetical game where. I've, I've always say, you know, prepare for the worst, but like hope for the best. And and so that's what we're going to do here a little bit. Hypothetically, and I, I am stressing the hypothetical part of this, but hypothetically. They're going to take this out of context, so enjoy. That, that's why I'm making sure I, I continue saying hypothetically, if DJ Lagway were to not even decommit, just at some point seem like he's not locked in with the Florida Gators. Does it become a situation where kids who he spoke to are like, all right, well, I'm going to leave and follow him wherever he goes, or or maybe I'm not as locked in? And I feel the need to ask that because when Jaden Rashada flipped from Miami to Florida, it was a big thing of Florida's going to add so many commits now. Florida's going to take Miami kids. Francis Maui Goa's coming. Malik Bryant's coming. All this stuff. And then only Caden Jones got added to the class after that. And Caden Jones, at least from my perspective, was always like a Gator lean at, or was already a Gator lean at that point. So yeah, uh, that did nothing. And then obviously by the time Jaden Rashada left Florida, it was too late for most of these kids to all of a sudden just go, all of us are uh, round them up. We're all leaving. So with DJ Lagway, is that something where if he leaves, then we should be concerned about other commits as well? I think more so than Rashada, yeah, because Rashada's very uh, kind of to himself, very reserved. Uh, look, right now, very understandably reserved. But even before all of this stuff went down, he wasn't the vocal rah-rah guy that DJ appears to be. And look, it, it works both ways. We've seen like when Jalen Hurst was committed to Bama – he was quiet about building the, the class. Arch Manning at Texas last year, quiet about building it, but he was building it nonetheless. 
DJ much more vocal, much more outward in, in a lot of those those things. So I think that has a little bit more optics uh, if some someone's going to follow him. But it's never that simple either, Brandon. I mean, it's like all these kids are their own um, entity. They, they all feel the love in a different way. So it's never going to be as one-to-one as, hey, as long as this recruit is coming in with me, I'm going to stick to this school. And if, if he bolts, I bolt. It's really never that simple. That, that really is only associated with coaches and really high-level coaches, offensive coordinators, head coaches, you know, guys who impact the scheme more so than other things. I mean, that, that's when you see the one-to-one. If he stays, I stay. If he goes, I go kind of deal. I, I really haven't seen it, at least in mass, with a recruit, even a galvanizing recruit like a DJ Lagway. So you're always worried about that if it does happen. Yeah, could it cost you, you know, maybe a kid in Texas who's close to DJ, you know, in, in that specific scenario? Sure. But is it going to stall all your skill position recruiting and all of a sudden, you know, the class of 24 is, uh, you know, ranked 50th in the country? No, I don't think it's going to get to that point for you. The Super Bowl is almost here, and we at Lockdown are incredibly excited about our new sports betting partner because it's the number one sports book in America, and it's FanDuel. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking at the lines right now, and I can tell you any player to have a 60-plus yard reception is plus 300 in the Super Bowl this Sunday, and I'm taking it because both of these teams are just big play machines. And I, I just trust great teams to make great plays, especially when they're both so good at quarterback, offensive line, and the skill positions. Yeah, they're probably going to have time to make a big play. So I'm going to bank on that. I'm going to make some money doing that. You can too. And if you're new to FanDuel, place a $5 bet, receive $150 in free bets, whether you win or lose, which losing happens. It's betting. It's fun. But it happens as long as you have fun, right? That's all that matters. Sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. It might feel like it's 50th based on yeah, how Florida be. Twitter reacts to everything. Uh, it already does because we haven't had a commit in a week and a half. So it's it's horrible. Just fire everybody now. Um, but with this 2024 class, Florida's off to a, we'll say relatively hot start. There's four commits. They're all highly ranked, highly touted commits. And a couple seem like they're rising. And do you, do you think there's a reason Florida's gotten off to a hot start? Is it maybe like the staff is just like, hey, guess what? When we're not starting later than everyone else, we're, we're, we're actually kind of good, surprisingly enough. Because if you couldn't tell, by the way, that we took an IMG kid and we've been hired for like two months at the time and Kamari Wilson, like that now they're like, okay, we have time and we're going to put in work. Yeah, this is a great start, right? You got your quarterback early, which is always ideal. And you've kind of hit the marks you should along the way beyond a DJ Lagway. DJ Lagway, out of the region, a guy that you built an early relationship with and maintained it, and you won the recruitment over some big-time players that came in later. Um, And then there's some others in this class that were a little bit simpler to to understand, right? Um, Adarius Hayes grew up a Gator fan, right down I-75 there in Largo, Started visiting like crazy. Didn't get to a lot of other visits. You knew that one was was probably going to come up orange and blue. Miles Graham, legacy recruit, right? That makes a lot of sense. Chauncey Bowens, really great early get. The first commit in, in this class. And the Florida evaluation and identification really helped them to grab him early. Because since 
that Florida commitment. He's added a bunch of big offers, including Bama and some other schools. So um, this class has a little bit of everything thus far in its foundation. Um, but again, getting that quarterback on board, building from there is, is going to be about as ideal as it gets for Florida. Because uh, look, it's still February, right? You still have all these spring official visits that will come up. You're going to have spring practices that you're going to use as visit uh, events and weekends leading up to the spring game. And then we all know in the offseason, Florida really hit its stride in the class of 23 um, with summer official visits. So naturally, you would expect something similar in the class of 2024. The difference is, again, you've got your quarterback on board early. So I think the ceiling for the class is a little bit higher, particularly with those uh, offensive targets, the O-line and the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers that were going to directly be affected by a DJ Lagway playing at UF. You're going to see a little bit of a higher ceiling with those position groups in particular. And when you talk O-line and running back, not the greatest class of 23 that you brought in. So those would be really advantageous uh, compared to last year and obviously quarterback on top of it. Yeah. How much of an impact does that make that you have your quarterback so early? Because for Florida, 2022, you had uh, Nick Evers committed, and then he left when Billy was bringing in another quarterback, and then he flipped uh, Max Brown from Central Michigan and Jim McElwain. He flipped Max Brown to Florida. And then 2023, nobody. And then summer-ish, you get Marcus Stokes. Then you get Jaden Rashada. Then you lose Marcus Stokes. Then you lose Jaden Rashada. And 2024, you have DJ Lagway early. You get this whole cycle, really, to kind of recruit and build around him. So how much of an impact does that make or how much of a difference does it make from 2024 knowing our QB to every other time not? Yeah, that's that's really new territory uh, for, for Billy and this coaching staff, right? Going into the entirety of the cycle, basically, from signing day to signing day, with your quarterback uh, theoretically in place. So yeah, it just, it just helps you not only increase your target area with him being a Texan, but I think it helps you communicate better. Um, if DJ Lagway, if, if everything he's presenting and saying uh, publicly is true, he's probably the leader of that commitment group chat. He's probably telling Miles Graham and Chauncey Bones, Hey, can you tweet this guy? Can you text this guy? We, we need to see if we can, uh, you know, get him to come to a visit because we're coming on this visit. You know, it's a galvanizing force that, that, quarterback recruit that galvanizes the class whether it's public or private or both which is i think the case for dj is invaluable the, the covid year taught us that right there were so many restrictions in recruiting nobody could really do anything from a recruiting perspective so the quarterbacks that were already on board with these schools because remember you know that all happened in the spring some of those big time qbs for that following cycle were already committed just like we're seeing right now relative to the 24 cycle those were the guys that galvanized. It was Caleb Williams organizing visits to Oklahoma, you know, which sounds crazy now, but that's what it was back then. You know, it was it was those quarterbacks really serving as true extensions of the coaching staff. And that communication has only continued since with the subsequent recruiting cycles we've seen. So I think Lagway, again, of all the 24 QBs, especially with Dylan Rayola on the market and backing off of that Ohio State commitment, I mean, DJ – might be among the most vocal of, of the entire group of, of QBs in the country. So that stuff matters. It resonates. It'll help Florida either be earlier in the game on kids they wouldn't have otherwise been able to target, or it'll help them late in the game when things get really nitty-gritty and nitpicky between these kids making decisions. 
a relationship like DJ's theoretically theoretically could put Florida over the top. Uh, sometimes it does matter that much, especially when you're talking again, O-line, um, skill position players uh, on offense and beyond. You know, that really does matter. And, it, and it's invaluable. There's no doubt. Yeah. And for... 2023, which we've talked about a lot. You were here last week. We talked about it to wrap up on National Signing Day. We know for the 2023 Florida Gators class, it was strong at DB, whether you're talking corner or safety. It was just strong at DB in terms of both quality and quantity. Same with receiver was more quality than quantity. They brought in three. And defensive line, I mean, come on. Uh, Defensive line was awesome for them. Weak at linebacker, you only brought in Jaden Robinson, could have been more on the offensive line, and that running back, no quarterback, which was really fun. Uh, didn't bring in a tight end because you, you didn't really try until the very end, and then you lost that one. And now it, it's looked different already with, with early wins for 2024, but how does that 2023 class change your approach for 2024? Like you're weak at linebacker, you've already added two. You didn't have a quarterback, now you added one. You had one running back and now you added another one here. So how does that kind of change your approach for actually building this class? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it's it's it, the early 24 class looks like a direct reciprocation of what what you missed in, in 23. So I think it's it's going to fill out, obviously, and and probably balance out. But, yeah, that, that's natural. Right. That's how you build great programs. You, you've got to compensate and sometimes overcompensate depending on what you were able to bring in the class prior. I mean, these coaches always talk about stacking recruiting classes together. And the best way to evaluate a class is to look behind and forward, right? So if we're evaluating, you can pick a year, class of 2019, look at the 18 class and the 2020 class and how the staff managed to fill those theoretical holes along the way. So naturally, yeah, if you missed on some positions in 23, you're probably going to see a little bit more emphasis in 24, tight end is a great example. I mentioned talking to Fox over the weekend. You know, we didn't hear from tight ends relative to Florida this time last year. So you're going to see more emphasis there. Quarterbacks already on board. I think there's more running back targets out there. Um, and we know second level prospects. You've already got two on board right now with Hayes and, and Miles Graham. So you're already seeing kind of that direct emphasis based on some of the misses there in 23 so it does matter and and it fluctuates and the priorities change but as long as as nothing changes dramatically you're going to see you know a pretty clear you know relationship between hits and misses and what you do there going forward and and of course that's also independent of some positions right you always want to bring in a quarterback you always want to bring in a bunch of trench players you know between six and ten trench players and then and then it kind of starts to vary thereafter so i think you'll see something similar from florida in this cycle yeah uh, important that you note florida has two second level players because despite what some places want to list a darius hayes at yes linebacker not edge just saying um but one thing that billy napier hasn't really had to deal with at florida here was the 25 scholarship limit where you know florida's like hey Billy's got an army of a staff and he wants to bring in an army of a recruiting class. He wants to bring in a billion people every time. And, and that's awesome. Cause you know, you, you shoot enough shots, eventually they're going to go in, or at least that's what I tell myself when I play basketball. Um, but with 25 scholarship limits returning eventually, how does that kind of change the approach for not just Florida, but any school, assuming it doesn't get pushed back again, 
but with 25 scholarship limit eventually returning, how does that kind of change how you build your class? Because we've seen some schools bringing massive classes, including Florida. Yeah, I think it's going to start to, you know, descend kind of gradually, right? You're not going to see the the big classes that we've seen. And I think not only does the 25-man scholarship limit rule affect that, I think the COVID year of eligibility is is going to start to impact that, right? The portal could slow down at least a little bit here in the years to come. And then, you know, at some point, I guess probably the 2025 physical season, you know, that COVID year is finally done. Nobody who's playing college football that year is going to be, you know, able to use it as, as a freebie going forward. So I think it'll create some roster clarity. It, it's always been about the 85, right? It's always been about that scholarship number uh, and you kind of go from there. So naturally when you're making transitions like Florida did a couple of years ago, look at Arizona state, look at Colorado right now, they're bringing in like 45 players each and counting, you know, at both of those programs under transition, you saw that at Florida in year one too, but now it's kind of gradually tailing off a little bit. And then I kind of like what they did at the end of 23, 20 high school players, 10 transfer portal players, nice balance there. I don't think it'll always be a two to one ratio. Uh, a lot of schools are moving more 50, 50 in, in that direction, but I, I have a hard time seeing at Florida, especially it going the other way uh, and Florida bring in or, or try to bring in a 30 man class of, of 2024. I think I'd be a little bit surprised, even though again, it's theoretically possible, but I would I would reserve that more for the transition schools, Colorado, Arizona State, UAB, Wisconsin, you know, Nebraska, those kind of schools that are under new management, I think are going to be able to utilize and emphasize that volume a little bit more than Florida, even though it's still pretty early in, in Billy Napier's tenure. Yeah, uh, Nebraska is one of the schools that has already I don't even want to benefited from Florida losing a million kids because they took Corey Collier and they took in uh, Mark Ortiz. So they're already benefiting from it. But thank you so much, John. This is John Garcia, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him here and throughout the entire Locked On College channel every week. And he'll be back next week. You know that. Yes, sir.